Welcome back to Retro Resolutions. This is episode 17. I'm Dylan. This is Matt. And today we are going to talk about movie-based video games or licensed video games. And uh, I'm excited to talk about that. But before we do, I want to ask you, Matt, what have you been playing lately? And how have you been playing? Yeah, so I have been playing a game that I think that... uh, that it, not many people love, but I, I've been playing the Dreamcast and I've been playing it on my fancy new Steam Deck, which I'm super excited about and and still just, you know, working out all the all the details and setting it up in my perfect way that I want it to be. But uh, I've been really impressed with the Dreamcast uh, running on it. And I have been playing a game uh, called Silent Scope. And uh, it is a uh, video game that was that that originated at the arcades. And at the arcades, it was one of those games that you had a separate gun, and the gun was actually a rifle. And inside, it had a scope, and you actually had like a basically. I think it, I don't think it was LED, but it well actually might have been uh, like this LED that you looked. So when you looked into the scope, you would actually see a zoomed in version of what you would see on the uh, video arcade screen. And so you... you uh, uh, Wait, how does that work on the Steam Deck? So so that's kind of the problem. Is So when it came to Dreamcast, there was no gun. There was no... It didn't even... You know, you couldn't... I, I don't even know if you could even use one of those guns that you could add or buy. Uh, you literally just used your controller and it would have like a circle that was zoomed in as you're, as you're targeting. And so you, okay. You so it's like a magnet to uh, 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 magnifying glass tool or on uh, like Photoshop or something. Like it's just like a loop. Yeah. Tool. Yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, and this, this, you know, uh, you had a little button, you know, one of the buttons could make it the circle move faster, but it was less, uh, less accurate. And then you could just gotcha. move the, the, the analog joystick to control it. Uh, you know, and there's not a love, a lot of love for it. Uh, the fact that you had to look it up clearly states that, uh, this was not a game that you're, uh, no, I actually was familiar with it. I was making sure that I was, I was thinking of the same thing because yeah, yeah, that arcade cabinet is pretty striking because it's like, it's like a normal arcade cabinet, but then it's got a second, like smaller arcade cabinet that juts out of it. And it's got a gun on top and you like lean over it, holding this like life-size sniper rifle. And it's pointed just like directly at the screen. Yeah. And yeah, you like, you like point it at different parts of the screen to like aim at the dudes on the screen. Yeah. 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 The sniper. And, uh, uh, but the arcade in the arcade, and I think that's why I like the Dreamcast version, is I had a lot of good memories of playing the arcade one. It was such a unique new thing, uh, and it and the interaction of it with the dual screens was super fun. I mean, this was probably the first game I ever played that had a dual screen type uh, setup, uh, especially in the arcade, and uh, the. The Dreamcast version, yeah, I, there's not a lot of love for it because obviously there's no gun and you're using this control. But I have to say, they did a great job of porting the game. I mean, the to Dreamcast to Dreamcast. 
Yeah. yeah. And uh, I should maybe find because it didn't have a gun attachment because it wasn't like a light gun game. No, it wasn't a light gun game. You literally used your analog control stick to move the circle that was zoomed in. You had a circle on the screen that zoomed in and then everything else is kind of zoomed out so you can kind of see the buildings and things like that. And uh, yeah, they had like a, a lot of it felt like it would they were kind of based off movies and things like that, like. Yeah. Oh, you know, the president's daughter gets kidnapped and then you're driving down the street and you're in a helicopter and you have to try to aim using, you know, with this helicopter, you know, moving yeah. all around. But uh, yeah, it was, I just really enjoyed it from the arcade and the port is actually, I think, pretty decent, especially since you don't have that sniper rifle or any kind of light gun uh, for uh for that type of game, I thought it was pretty amazing. I think they made Silent Scope 1 and 2 for the arcade. I don't know if they actually made one for uh, Silent Scope 2 for the Dreamcast, but the first one, yeah. I've been playing quite a bit of that. It's been a lot of fun. Nice. How about that you? Sounds pretty cool. Uh, boy, I should have anticipated this. I haven't been playing much lately, but I did finish an, a mod on a PlayStation 2. Uh, so I've got an SSD loaded into a fat PlayStation 2. Oh, nice. Um, using the network adapter, which was originally designed for an IDE hard drive. And mm. I've got a converter so it can use a SATA drive. And That's then right. you just do like a free McBoot memory card and you can load uh, games from the internal hard drive. So I've been messing around with that, but I haven't really been committing time to a single video game Maybe lately. Um, video just because I took a little bit of a vacation and I did That's not right. play any video games on that little vacation. Yeah, so, you didn't bring any type of system, really. Well, I did. I actually oh, brought my analog pocket and it just didn't come out of my backpack. Because oh. I, was, I was too busy enjoying the time I was spending with my wife. So... Uh, that said, uh, my I came back, and my brother, who came down to hang out with my kids for a little bit while I was gone, uh, I came back, and he had brought me, because it was for my birth that weekend, for my birthday, he brought me this little device. And so Ooh. I haven't been playing games, uh, but this new device, I think, is the thing I can mention that I've been playing with, and that is called, aside from the mod on the PlayStation that I just mentioned, uh, this is an epilogue operator. Um, and it is a, uh, it's a little Game Boy cartridge, uh, USB device. Oh. And there's like, there's like a billion ways to plug Game Boy cartridges into a computer with USB. Right. Yeah. Um, this one though is like maybe the most slick and fancy one I've ever seen. Nice. Um, and, uh, it supports notably i have a device that does most of what this does already uh except that the device i have is like an open source project that dumps a bunch of different kinds of cartridges yeah. and the game boy cartridge functions of it actually cap out on the model i have at least um at game boy advance uh save it can pull the saves off, but it can't pull the ROMs off yes. of Game Boy Advance cartridges. Yeah, I have a couple of those laying around. I, yeah. I do have other ways to get Game Boy Advance ROMs off of them, but it's just like 
pain. So basically, I didn't really have a good way to do that. Yeah. Um, and so this little device is real slick because first the the design is real neat. It's it's got a uh, it's got a, a clear acrylic housing. It's got it a does. rubber base. Nice rectangle. Acrylic. Yes, you can see the you can see the two uh, PCBs in here. Yeah. Actually, one's not really even a PCB. It's a it's just got the cartridge slot on it, and then it goes on a ribbon cable to the other PCB. Um, but so you can see through to the to the circuit boards in here and then yeah you just you can slot your cartridges in and then it connects over uh USB-C but what's really cool about it first the the software is really slick that they use with it it um automatically detects the cartridge it tells you if it is authentic or not and it loads like a the the box art and it loads the like a description of the game and the publisher and the year it came out and all that cool information comes with the software that uh that runs this thing and then it lets you uh boot immediately into an emulator to play from the cartridge or you can dump the ROM or the saves. And then the coolest thing that I have seen, because the ways for me to do this so far have been a big pain in the butt, is that right now I'm holding up to the camera my uh, Game Boy camera cartridge Boy inside camera. the little the operator is what it's called. Uh, it has a function in the software for it to just rip the photos directly off and put them that, in a folder on my computer that is and previously cool. it was much more difficult for me to do that so yeah. uh i'm excited about this uh yeah. and it was just a nice neat little gift for my brother to bring me while i was gone on my birthday and so that does uh, uh regular game boy and uh, does it do like uh, any other cartridge or just the Game Boy? It, it will do Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance. That's what I was going to say. So remember the one that I got? I don't know where I put it, but it's, it's, it's interesting because mine is clear acrylic, but it's actually a bigger one. But hmm. what I love about it is, and I bet it uses the same software, is like you plug it in, it detects what cartridge it is. Uh, remember how I wanted to borrow your... Uh, Game Boy Advance, uh, was it Harry Potter that I borrowed? Do you remember I borrowed Harry Potter? Do you have it? I forgot that I forgot. You could have kept it forever and I would have forgot. And I would not do that to you. but No, of course. Of course. But uh, Yes, okay, yeah, 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 that's right. Because you wanted to test out the... I wanted to test it out on my little system, which I have no idea where I actually put it, which is not good. But, uh... It, it's interesting because it is acrylic just like yours and uh i'm randomly searching through all the junk that i have in this apartment but uh anyway uh yours is much smaller i really like that that one is yeah, yeah it's, mine, it's... mine is much bigger honestly but but i was happily able to you know test out harry potter and yeah. you know safely back it up which was cool uh does that one do uh save games as well as yeah so that's the thing that i was really missing is that this will do basically all kinds of data that you can get from a game board cartridge that's this so thing cool. can utilize and Good. and before i had a mishmash of different ways to do that and yeah. uh, they were all much clunkier this is so slick so quick awesome. uh i i i I wasn't going to buy it for myself. Like I knew it existed, yeah. 
but I wasn't going to buy it for myself because I had all the ways to do this. They just were sure. like less convenient. Yeah. Um, so it was a perfect kind of gift, right? That because a gift. Yeah. it's a thing I will product. use, yeah. but wouldn't have bought for myself. That's really cool. I love, and I don't think mine can do like the, the, the pictures. So that's yeah. really awesome. I'm jealous on that. Yeah. The Game Very Boy cool. camera function, I think is my most like yeah. anticipated feature that I'll use because uh, I have, I think dumped all of the cartridges I have already, yes. but photos, I'm going to make more of those all the time. Oh yeah. And I mean, the fact that you even have the photo, uh, the authentic photo, uh, camera, the Game Boy camera yeah. Amazing. yeah. The Game Boy camera is so cool. So the, the fact that you get to use that. Awesome. Yeah. I actually am considering, now that it's so easy, maybe I should get another Game Boy camera on eBay or something so that I can. Uh, How much do they run? Do you know? I don't. Um, this I mean, one is cool. actually, this is my wife's from Does when she, she was a kid. Yeah, wow. this is hers from when she was a kid. And That's before, so, so like cool. it's it's been wiped and rewiped multiple times. But before I wiped it, I pulled photos from like 1999 from that this and saved yeah. them so that she could still have the original photos that is so cool there's like a photo of her her childhood dog on there that, really oh there was it's it's not on there now it's been saved right. but you saved yeah. it obviously yeah yeah that's so cool my nintendo ds i have some old photos on mm. it from you know like with my nephews and niece that are now all you know like growing up it's and i forget about them you know i've backed them up safely but i still leave them on the system and every time i open it up it just surprises me again that i have those old photos sitting there it's kind of neat uh yeah i I mean that's that's always fun and and i like there's like a charm to the um oh the graphics yeah yeah because it only oh man i can't remember i think it does only two bits or maybe it's even one bit like it seriously yeah i don't know it's it's definitely got like i maybe it's only four colors but it's it might be less than four colors i think it might literally be two colors i can't remember what the game boy camera anyway it's the the limited, limited the limited capacity of it is is like fun in a way totally um so yeah that's that's what we've been playing lately uh but let's talk about uh movie games because uh, you brought up this topic and uh, as a as an option and i was like oh that's a great uh topic idea because i have been reading a book that fits in with that so um what would what comes to mind for you when you think of games based on movies what's the like first thing that comes to mind Literally, the first one that comes to mind is my least favorite video game of all time. I've mentioned it before. Uh, it is Shinobi. Just my... Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Jerk. I'm kidding. I'm goofing on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second. No. Uh, uh, Predator from yes. the movie Predator, uh, from the Arnold Schwarzenegger original Predator, uh, which I love that movie. Uh, as a kid, it was a it, you know, growing up in the '80s, that was such a amazing film. And so, uh, when 
Nintendo, when there, uh, the NES, uh, uh, there was a Predator game that came out. And uh, I pretty much spent my summer's allowance on it. And that was the worst game I've ever played. I mean, I hate that game so much. The playability, the just everything to do with that game, I hate it. Like the graphics, everything. The how you play the game, how the predator works, how the how the add-on weapons work. Hate that game. So that's yeah. the first one that comes to mind. Is literally my least favorite game. What is the first game that comes to mind for you? Well, right now because of this book, yeah, I have only one answer. I think it's hard for me to say if before this I would have a different answer because it it might still be this. Yeah, there I, I have one other answer, and it's only because like I don't know I don't even know how to explain it. Basically, like I grew up knowing that games based on movies or licensed games really of any sort were basically crap mm. from renting them right like i rented and honestly there are some that are fine sure like disney had a good string of games that were like okay right back in the day like like lion king and aladdin were pretty good um there was a toy story game for the uh super nintendo and then another toy story game for the n64 that were like fine yeah um but i always just knew not really where the good game experiences could happen yeah uh and then i rented this one on n64 for like rugrats and i thought wow this is actually pretty good wow uh and so rugrats comes to mind wow all right Uh, but the real answer just we get all the the nonsense out of the way the real (laughs) answer is uh goldeneye 007 for the n64 Yes. yes And uh, that's the book I've been reading lately. I actually kickstarted it, uh, and I bought the fancy deluxe version that wow. won't get to me until like December. Um, and it's like a copy. it's a physical hardback uh, or a hardcover they call it, I think. And uh, yeah, it's got a bunch of stuff, extra stuff in it that I'm excited about. Um, but I got the. Uh, ebook I, I got the ebook as part of my purchase or my back being on kickstarter and so i i'm honestly not that far into it i am uh i'm like 10 percent in it looks like maybe a little more maybe like 12 percent into the book but uh i've been reading it and really enjoying it because because ultimately it's a story about how rare uh rare the studio so, um yeah who's now currently owned by Microsoft and making a pirate game. Um, yeah. They, a live service game. Uh, they were back in the day, like this really like groundbreaking studio. Oh, they were. They had never made a licensed game, but Nintendo like came to them and was like, Hey, you want to make this licensed game? And they were like, nah, there. And I'm literally on this page where, uh it says that one of the people who worked on the game considered he he said no we shouldn't do that his quote was oh god a film license citing generally awful other licensed games from the era like 1993's robocop 3 oh man just there there is a list a mile long 
of bad licensed games like Predator, like RoboCop Three. You know, there's oh, just so many. I even I even sent you. I I tried to get you to identify a, a, a screenshot of a video game uh, on the GameCube that I sent you. It, this was a long time ago, but it was actually a Japanese only release of RoboCop one video game for the GameCube. <laughs> so bad. So bad. I, yeah. There's just a lot of bad ones. And somehow GoldenEye didn't just come out and be a like tolerable or not yeah. bad movie video game, but it, it came out and was like the N64 game. It was like it was the game of the era, yeah. Uh, which is incredible, um, and and what, even more incredible is it has like, and I don't know what the book's going to get into, but like, it it has outlasted its era because everyone still goes and points back to that as like the party game, right? And and it has outlived James Bond as like a video game property, right? Yeah. Like, my, like people still consider Goldeneye to be a great game, but James Bond hasn't had a game in years and, and he hasn't and had a good game. Been bad. Yeah. yeah it, there hasn't been one that people have considered good since no. then, since 007, yeah. uh, Goldeneye. Yeah. Which is crazy. Uh, yeah. and then like the speed running, uh, uh, community on it is incredible. Like it, there's the modding community, the modding community, yeah, amazing. I mean, people are redoing it for higher resolution and adding yep. new, you know, textures and stuff. I played it recently uh, that had been up modded, and it was just beautiful. And it was people so had fun people have like it. remade this game in the Source Engine and Unreal, yeah. and like I mean. It's, it's kind of nuts how good it was. There are some interesting things about it, just like right off the bat. It came out like a year and a half after the movie. Did it really? It like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't remember what exactly years the movie and the game came out, but yeah, it came right. out like way later than the movie. I want to say the movie yeah. came out in like 1993, maybe 1994, yeah. and the game came out in like 95 or 96. Like yeah. way later. In the in like, can you imagine like like think of a movie that came out like Avengers Endgame. Like if Avengers Endgame came out and then there was a game that came out today for Avengers Endgame, people would be like, "What? Yeah. That movie came out two and a half years ago. How did that happen?" Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, hey, that's that's really shocking to me. The, the success of that game and being so late really kind of blows my mind actually yeah uh so did it do you know if it and this is just a side thing but did do you know if it used the so the nintendo 64 had uh, a memory port where you could buy extra memory uh do you know if it mm -hmm. used the memory at all uh well or so was that even a the, real thing well the technical answer to your question is no, it did not <laughs> use the expansion pack the for expansion the N sixty four. Now, did you have? Did you do you own the expansion pack? I have an. It? I do have an expansion pack. There's like oh, three okay. games that really use it. <laughs> there, oh, so that's okay. not fair. 
there are like three games that require it. There's like oh, really? a handful of games that can use it, but don't. Like some will allow like interlaced mode if you have it or like higher yeah. resolution textures, but not really. Um, yeah. The games that required it were Donkey Kong 64 because they had a bug in the game that they couldn't figure out how to fix. That's, that, right. Um, That's right. It just yeah. it, it crashed the game after like three hours of play. and uh, it, So they just required the memory. Yeah, the memory pack fixed it. They obviously had like a memory leak that was fixed yeah. by adding oh. RAM. Uh, and they just couldn't fix it, so they put the they packed it in, and that solved the problem. Um, uh, Perfect Dark, which was actually the spiritual successor oh. to GoldenEye, it used it. What? And, it and, and it was a rare game, of course. And, yep. uh, yeah, that was another classic. For, yeah, for yeah. So it used the, the expansion pack, but GoldenEye did not. Um, oh, that's too, that's interesting. I, I, I didn't think it did, but I was just like, you know, now that I think about it, it's been such a long time. I couldn't remember if it did or not. So yeah, no. Uh, what other oddities about, you were kind of talking about oddities of the system and that's what got me thinking, oh, maybe it used the yeah. expansion. Well, you know, GoldenEye is like the first example of a first person shooter on a yeah. console that really like did it for people and like look it's difficult to go back and play it today because we're so used to modern control styles yes uh, well and yeah graphics but <laughs> control graphics. styles but you're right though, control style is a good point it had a different it only had one analog stick that's right so the n64 did so uh you like strafed with the c buttons yes. you yeah. you had to if you wanted to aim more precisely right. you had to like plant your feet and then it, it had like a way to free aim around the room. Uh, if you wanted to uh, like, ba I don't know, basically the uh, way controls work today is one stick it controls your movement forward, backward, left and right. And the other stick controls your look. Yes. Uh, but in the N64 days, uh, the analog stick controlled your movement forward and backwards and your look left and right. And the C buttons controlled your movement left and right and your look up and down. And that was pretty, it was fine at the time. There was like not that many different ways to do it. And so this one was the first one and it worked. Yeah. But going back to it, it can be difficult because we're so used to the dual analog, like one's look, one's move. And, uh, and then, yeah, you used your left hand finger to do the trigger because that was the trigger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but today, you would almost always use your right finger yeah. on the R button. But right. Just, just different, a different thing. Um, well, and the other thing that really comes to mind to me is this was one of the first games that I remember playing. I mean, there were others out there for sure. But this is one of the first popular games where... You know, I even got like my sister to play. Uh, was the on-screen multiplayer? Yes. So, you know, you could do multiplayer, and it would literally have like quadrants, uh, and you could have up to four people playing. In like you said, mm -hmm. it was a great party game because you could have like four people playing on the TV at the same time. You know, no network needed, no nothing. You just you were there playing the game against three other people right there in the room. Uh, and that 
that for me was very memorable of that game. Like when I think of that game, I think of, yeah, I think of it as being a party game. I think of it as the multiplayer. And that was, while the controls were definitely awkward, even back then, without having the dual analog, of course, which became popular later, uh, it still was so fun. It was so fun. You know, being in the room, playing against each other, that was really a unique. Oh, yeah. That. I, I remember my, my friends and I, we would, we would play. Uh, we would, you know, do all sorts of, I mean, this is like everyone's story, right? It's like you would, you would hook up uh, different rule sets and you'd just do all sorts of crazy stuff. Eventually, my friends and I got to the point where we would just like, strafe we we realized like oh if we if we get used to like the strafe motion then we're always moving and then it's harder to hit us right and then and then we realized <laughs> then we realized like oh if we get into an area where we we're both strafing all you got to do is is match the turn speed on the analog stick with the strafe speed and then we just like started walking in circles around each other shooting each other in the face. <laughs> uh so there's like a lot of good memories of like Oh yeah. that uh that experience. Um For sure, yeah. So it's a good game. It's been making me the reading this book has been making me want to go back and play through it all the way. And then it's made me think like, oh, look, I know that this one's like the only really good one. Uh, there are others that are probably tolerable. And then there's others that are not. I've been thinking about playing through all the James Bond games. Wow. Like on stream or something like, oh, maybe sure. I'll just start with the with Goldeneye. Or maybe the, there's like a Game Boy RPG that I hear is kind of good. Yeah, and then just like play through all of the James Bond games, the good and the bad, starting with the mid '90s, because I'm not gonna go back to the like text adventure games for the like Amiga or whatever. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) For sure, understandable. But I've been thinking about that uh, because like those there was like some Xbox. I think the last one. Yeah, there was one out. that was like, there's like an Xbox 360 era one that was like yeah, Quantum Daniel of Solace Craig. or something. It was a yeah. Daniel Craig one, and it was, you know, uh, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either for yeah. sure. You know, it. I mean, it had a lot. It's one of those ones that had a lot of hype, and when it failed to, you know, uh, well, Quantum of Solace, the movie didn't actually do all that well either. Oh, but that was definitely my least favorite daniel craig one i mean that was during yeah. the writer strike you know and so oh is that was, what happened to that it was yeah and so okay. that was they literally winged it i mean they had i mean the script i remember i watched that movie years ago sure. i watched all the daniel craig movies which at the time was i think only three of them uh mm-hmm. but i went back and i was like okay casino royale is great that's a really great movie oh that's and my then, favorite yeah and That's then I, was, I watched Quantum of Solace like right after it. And I was like, that was not as bad as people say it is. Really? Interesting. It's it's definitely not as good as Casino Royale, but it was sure. fine. Well, you know, and it's funny that you were talking about James Bond is like, I did this like, man, like five years ago, I went through and I watched all the James Bond movies. Which oh, I my. And yeah, I've been, I and I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it again. It was really fun. I, it's I've a, been wanting to do that commitment. for a while. It's a big commitment, but I'll tell you, watching through them, you know, 
it's a historical experience because you get to see like, yeah. you know, what was appropriate at that time and age, what was, you know, the storylines are, you know, some of them are just timeless. Some of them are not, but it's still, <laughs> you know, it's, they're still, you know, some of the ones that weren't timeless are actually kind of the most fun, but, uh, oh, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, you know, my favorite James Bond movie of all time and it's because it was honestly, it's probably because it was the first one I saw. Oh man, are you about to say Moonraker? It was Octopussy. Octopussy. So like, oh, I, I really like Octopussy. Do you? Oh yes. Wow. Oh man. I actually, I think Roger that Moore might be me. my favorite Bond. Oh, me too. That that's amazing. Like that is so rare. Like when I tell people that you know I'm a Roger Moore, you know, is my like. I actually what? don't like Moonraker all that much, but I love no. I love Roger Moore. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. And Moonraker, yeah, I once it, I, it had a lot of hype to it, and it, you know it was space, and it was James Bond, and it was not. Well, and it was so the great. return of Jaws, I think. Oh yeah, right? Jaws up in space. I mean, yeah, not so great. Uh, but Octopussy, and you know the 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 smallest jet engine uh, aircraft at the beginning, where he's flying that little tiny jet, uh, mm-hmm. which I've actually seen that it's uh, it's in. Uh, the Smithsonian in DC. Uh, but anyway, yeah, James Bond, it has such a rich history of both movies and video games that I think there are some good ones out there. So if you find them, let me know. I'll definitely want to try them out myself for sure. Yeah. I need to, I need to go through and kind of just like check them out and see what's good. Yeah, and what's not. Really I'm excited. Fun. Uh, IO interactive, the people who make Hitman. um, oh, yeah. They are currently working on a James Bond game. Ooh, wow. And I think that's like a perfect match. It is. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with it because James Bond, of course, is like the biggest uh, movie franchise of all time. It's huge. Absolutely. Uh, Or sorry. So biggest is maybe not accurate. Longest running. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, But... um, the oh, uh the the there's a lot you could do with the james bond franchise in video games that hasn't been done yet oh, and yeah. i'm excited to see what could be done that's, i think it'd be really fun yeah. to do i don't know i don't even know if this is possible but if you could like get the likenesses of all the bonds yes you know so if you could get a i don't know how you would get a george lazenby or like a right or like a Timothy Dalton. I mean, Timothy Dalton could maybe like sign himself off. Roger Moore's estate would need to do that. You know, sure. like Sean Connery's estate would need to like cover yeah. likeness rights or whatever. Like, would could you get approval from Pierce Brosnan? Who knows? Like, yeah. and maybe I don't know. They, I, yeah, I'd be curious if they've signed off some of those rights because, you know, when they did the James Bond films, because a lot of those movies, they had to give up a lot of rights. So it wouldn't even surprise yeah. me if like, they could get the rights just through uh, the owners of the property. Uh, of the James Bond I think it'd be cool. Like, if, I don't know if IO is doing this. I don't know what they're doing. They just announced that they're yeah. doing it. They haven't said anything about it. But like, it'd be really cool if they could, if you could like choose your James Bond, right? Sure. Like, I want to be Timothy Dalton. James Bond and then you go through whatever missions that you do on on that like I I don't know there's like cool stuff and and there's stuff about the James Bond character that that like the the 
GoldenEye setup that uh, they didn't uh, utilize in in that game like because it was a first person shooter right but like james bond is more than just a guy who runs around with a gun in fact in the movies and and presumably the books he doesn't actually do all that much shooting usually really doesn't i mean i've read a couple of the ian fleming books and you know uh definitely a lot of womanizing uh, a lot of you know a little bit of shooting but there's also a lot more spying which is kind of why i like the roger moore uh yeah series is because i felt like he and the the directors and everything were really kind of nailing this more of a you know a little bit of comedy but all or more comedy but also more spy stuff than in like gadgets and i loved the gadgets and stuff and that and all that could be used in a video game i'd love to see gadgets used more i would love to be able to ride all the different vehicles that have been you know the different uh uh yeah, the different vehicles that have been used from, I mean, you know, they've used the the classic Martins and they've used the BMWs and different other ones. Lotus even was in one of them. Yeah, uh, I want to I want to get in that crocodile submarine from Octopussy. Oh yes, be able to yes, absolutely. which actually I think all of these things like the Hitman formula could really work really well. I think right? so too. That, like right when you said that, I was like, man, they could do all of that. And yeah. that would be, like you said, IO is probably the right one to do it. So, man, I'm really crossing my fingers on that. So back to movie video games. Yeah. I, you know, I grew up in a different generation where for me at the beginning, uh, movie licensed meant good games. So, but, oh. you know, so I, and I, of course, you know, I grew up. We're talking know, pre-ET though. Well, right? ET was like one of the first bad ones, which, yeah. you know, that's yeah, that's a whole episode in itself, of course. But there, you know, first of all, you had Star Wars, the arcade game, which, you know, the vector uh, Star Wars arcade game. Oh, yeah. Classic. And I mean, you'd go to the arcade and you would I mean, just hearing the Star Wars and may the force be with you uh, play through on the on on the arcade it just was magic and yeah it yeah the graphics weren't great but it was amazing at the time it was really fun and then you had like uh uh well it's it's actually a really terrible game but i loved it as a kid it it, when it wasn't broken at the arcades it was famous for being broken down at all arcades was firefox the video game it was a laser disc based video game uh where you flew the Firefox uh, MIG. I think it was like, it was like the MIG-21. Back then, that was going to be the the Firefox, uh, if you've ever seen the uh, the movie from, what was it, 1988? I, I, I have no idea what you're even talking about, to be honest. Okay, so yeah, so Firefox. Uh, That's a web browser to me. Oh, yeah, it, and it really, and you know, it took me a long time to actually disassociate from the movie to the to the web browser because really? for so long for me firefox was a movie but uh anyway they had uh you know that game it you know it was as a kid it was really great as an adult it did not age well as much as like the the uh star wars but um 
some of the uh i thought some of the nes star wars george lucas games were really great uh they had super star wars i was gonna super... say i think super star wars was considered all right yeah i really liked that series i thought those were really good yeah et was uh I was so, I mean, everybody was so stoked for that game. And, and man, I just remember that, like, you could almost hear the roar over the town of how angry people rushed home to plug it in on their Atari 2600 and were so mad. Uh, and honestly, I know some people have gone back and found a new love for it. No, not me. I still hate that game. I've, I've gone back and tried to play it multiple times throughout my, uh, 48 years of life and no way that game is awful. i'm actually i'm actually uh so tired of that game yeah being a like being like a oh, like an I urban know. urban legend now like i'm yeah. so i'm a, i'm kind of getting tired of just hearing yep. about it and it'd be getting buried in a desert in mexico or whatever like i'm tired yeah, of hearing about that like yeah I actually watched a stupid documentary on that. Yeah, you know? the one that Xbox produced. Yes, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, I'm so done." Yeah, I'm so done with all of that. I agree. So we'll move on. Uh, the PC, uh, uh, Lucas Games released some really great video uh, video games. They released X Wing. Uh, it was just yeah. called X Wing. That's uh, true. Star Wars has like, fire. I mean, yeah. there are bad Star Wars games, but largely Star Wars has like a great history. Yeah. good games and you know for and you know for the pc those were all you know at the time those were all pretty much groundbreaking and and for me it was yeah it was so fun i mean i i want you know to be able to be a x-wing pilot or a tie fighter pilot and have it be as realistic as the technology could be at that time was super fun i mean i just yeah i've got really good nostalgia clearly for for those types of games but yes, as the 80s wore off and the 90s came on, oh man, it just, like you said, it became a, you know, people, uh, the the companies, the movie companies especially, were just like, just get something out there for the movie. Just get something out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was garbage, you know? And, and it was so frustrating because some of those, uh, some of those movies were so good uh, and could have been such great video game properties. And but some of them, I think, are just ruined forever, you know. Uh, Ghostbusters. But, yeah, Ghostbusters. I will say, Ghost, the real, I loved the Ghostbusters arcade game. It was called uh, The Real Ghostbusters, and it was based off of the cartoon. It was called The Real Ghostbusters mm. in, in the 80s. Have you ever seen any of those? I've, I've not like watched a full one, but I have seen like, okay. Yeah. You've seen like they, they were kind of cool, especially because they were around my generation. Uh, I was a little old by that time for, uh, uh, but I still watched them cause it was ghostbusters, but they were supposedly the real ghostbusters that the movie was based on. So it really confused kids, you know, but, uh, there was a real ghostbusters arcade game where you could have four players, uh, tops and you could you ran around and busted ghosts and stuff. It was a really simple game, but it was uh, it was almost uh, gauntlet like. In fact, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the designers of Gauntlet kind of uh, or whoever made this clearly followed kind of a gauntlet like style with the four player right. system. And uh, but I loved that one. But anything after that, oh man, just 
yeah, Ghostbusters, it's ruined. Uh, I've been thinking. I mean, about they that. did. They did. Do you have? Did you ever see the, like in? I don't know. Was it two thousand nine? Maybe yeah. they made the ghost. They made a Ghostbusters game that was supposed to be like Ghostbusters four. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was well received or not. It <laughs> I was just know not. they did it. Oh, well, okay. it you know, and it was you know, uh, they made some updates. To, it was one of those games that got better as they updated it. Hmm. Uh, but do they, re- do they do like a definitive edition or something? Yeah, recently? it was. It was like okay. this full on like remake almost, you know, kind of thing, and. And that's supposed to be, that was, I played it and it was better, but I still just couldn't get into the, you know, I just couldn't get into the storyline and, and the playability of the game. Uh, it was just not, uh, yeah. not that great. So yeah, that was kind of a bummer. But yeah, Ghostbusters, I don't think I'd even, you know, look twice at. Uh, here's one, uh, Avatar, you know, the movie was at the time one of the biggest, you know, it oh, was yeah. the biggest movie of all time. And there was just, a bunch of garbage games that came out for it for oh yeah all the different systems had it had an avatar game and they were all garbage it was just like oh you know here's this huge property where once again we could have done some really cool things with and now eight years later we're finally getting the sequel but i mean and and there's a there's a video game in production that's ubisoft is making a yeah and I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm very hesitant, you know, because, oh, yeah. you know, it's going to be, uh, yeah, I'm really hesitant. I, I hope it's good. You know, people I, like to really, harp on that movie and this is not a movie podcast, but like people like to harp on that movie. I am, uh, I did this too, uh, just cause it's like, a a movie that was really big and then just seemed yeah. to like everyone forgot about it. And, and like, can you name a character? From that movie, name one character. Wow! Yeah, Jake, yeah. Jake, Jake Sully. <laughs> it is Jake Sully. You did it. Yeah. Well, I love uh, Avatar, so I'm kind of like. I know. Shocked me when when you said. <laughs> I, I had to think for a minute, but Jake Sully. Yeah. Jake Sully is. Yeah. Which I'm a, yeah, I'm a little. You know, I'm almost embarrassed because, like you said, it was like it became like this anti thing where yeah yeah it was it was the cool thing to hate on it was the cool thing to hate on because it was so big it was just like and, well it was big and it was like a very that story's been done a lot you know uh oh, yeah. it was as, and, as one of our friends said it was dances with wolves with smurfs yeah uh, yeah essentially or pocahontas in space like yeah. it's it's a it's a story that has been done before and and uh the thing that it had going for it was that it was like big budget and oh yeah for me it was the cgi the technology was just mind-blowing which is which is truly an incredible thing about it for sure oh yeah uh and and i we my wife and i went back and watched it i don't know three or four years ago and uh I liked it a lot more than I remembered liking it. Yeah. I think it's a good movie. I think it's yeah. just a good oh, movie. I, yeah, um, I like it. You know, I was the guy that, you know, everybody hated on, you know, which is fine. Because yeah. I've always been, a, I, you know, we've talked about other movies in this podcast, but, you know, I've always been, a, I bring up a lot of, you know, the other, in fact, I was going to bring up uh, the other video game that I really loved was Terminator 2, the arcade. Yeah. The, the shooter? 
the shooter. Yeah. yeah, I think that's an all right one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a shooter. I mean, there's nothing surprising or unique yeah, about it's it. It's a light gun game. It's a light gun game, but it was fun for people who enjoyed. Yeah. The I played I played the uh, SNES port, which is not that great of a game. Yeah. Uh, well, I played the SNES port of Terminator 2 as a kid. Um, sure. So, so moving on from those to one more, at least from me, uh, yeah. movie movie game that I actually have really good memories of is uh, Spider-Man 2, oh. the movie, the game. I, I think it was just called Spider-Man 2, but it was clearly the Spider-Man 2 movie game. Okay. Uh, and Sam that... Raimi, Sam Raimi. Spider-Man. Yeah, the Sam Raimi with, with uh, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that movie game was really good at the time i think it does not hold up like at all anymore but at the at the time it was incredible uh well i played it most on gamecube but it was on gamecube ps2 i think original xbox and i think it eventually came to xbox 360 wow um just because like out on the gamecube yeah 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 check it out on your gamecube because uh the the game is not like the best game in the world. I think overall it, uh, it has aged poorly, but at the time the groundbreaking feature of it was the web swing mechanic. Cause before oh. all Spider-Man games were basically just like when you pushed the web swing button and a web went out above you into whatever the sky was yeah, right. and you just did a swing, right? Yes. Or you just kept swinging and it was just basically, okay, you get to just move in that direction now. Right. But in Spider-Man two, whoever worked on this game did a, a lot of work to make the swinging be like real in a way. So you, one trigger was one hand and the other trigger was another hand to do web. And so you had to like build a rhythm and it had to shoot on a real object in the environment in order to attach and swing to. So you couldn't just swing from the sky. You had to swing from a real building. And so you did like, you'd, you'd go left and right and left and right to like swing in between city buildings in New York and you could like get yourself way up high and swing yourself like around a flagpole wow. or a, or a crane or something. Uh, and that it was sounds like, pretty advanced for, like you said, like GameCube and stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was incredible at the time. Now the boss fights were like, whatever there was like a, there was like a spidey sense button that you had to push if somebody was gonna about to hit you his, your head would light up and you'd have to hit the button to dodge uh, and yeah, that was kind of lame uh the, the the there was like a combo mechanic for the but the dudes were all just fodder you know yeah uh the the one thing that i think aside from the swinging the one thing that i think they really did cool was uh there was like a mysterio section of the game that of course was not part of the movie and uh it was i always just remember this being like a really interesting part of the game because uh basically mysterio spoiler for spider-man people who don't know about spider-man but want to i guess (laughs) uh mysterio is famously not a super-powered villain for spider-man he is a theatrics person who who 
beats or fights Spider-Man or, or does his crime through, through stage work and, and theatrics. And so, uh, you like, you like get a call to like this random encounter, like store robbery. And you think you're just going to show up and fight a bunch of fodder dudes again, but you go in and, and it's Mysterio who's like threatening a dude. Cause he's an alien from outer space and he's, he, he's going to s- steal all his money. I don't know. And, uh, Spider-Man's like, Hey, stop. And Mysterio makes this big song and dance about like being, that's not really a song, but he just like, you know, he puts on a front because he's trying to scare Spider-Man away from his crime. And then Spider-Man doesn't have any of it. And you run up and you punch expecting this like big fight with this guy. If you don't know who Mysterio is, you punch him and his bar, which had filled up. Like that's part of the song and dance is his like life bar had filled up like three times. Yeah. And you run up with Spider-Man and you punch him and his life bar just goes down to drains to zero and one punch. <laughs> and that wow. was really good. Uh, and then like later, yeah, later in the game, you fight Mysterio again and he has this like funhouse mirror like level that's totally different than the whole rest of the game. Wow. So like, yeah, that combined with the really groundbreaking swinging mechanic. Uh, that's cool it was just like a really neat movie like it's the kind of thing you don't expect a movie licensed game to actually yeah. do good at I, and I they agree. did it i just i mean when you're talking about it, it it makes me think about you know like some of the amazing spider-man games that we've seen that are not movie based right you know since then that it's like yeah you know that's really cool that it had the swinging mechanics and that the boss fights were unique and uh you know different than what you would expect from based on the movie if you've seen the movie so wow yeah yeah i mean the 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 insomniac spider-man games like deliberately had to take the nostalgia factor of that spider-man 2 movie game for its swinging mechanics and they had to incorporate what you what you felt that was like Yeah. yeah into being actually good today because the the difference is is that if you go back and play it, it's it's maybe not as good as you remember it. Right. But they had to make it play as good as you remembered that game being, which is so funny because that's just like a probably a super low budget licensed game for its time. Sure. And uh, and yeah, Insomniac had to come out and make a really good one with a real with an actual budget, and uh, and they had to still nail. They, they were still living up to that, that's which is crazy. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, and that's true. I, I think that yeah, so many of these games that have come out have been very low budget. You know, you know, beyond the fact that they had to, you know, even come up with these games for all these different systems and things like that for some of these movies, they just they had no money to work with. You know, so yeah, I mean, that's know, the it, thing. Like, and that's, nobody making these games. made them bad because yeah they don't want to make a bad game yeah but they make them because like they had not enough time or not enough budget or you know not enough resources in other ways uh or maybe or or the other option is that they were restricted maybe on what they were allowed to do because the license wouldn't let them use the character or the the property in that way yeah so yeah. well those are those are movie games is there any other 
movies no, you want to talk about? Or... Think. I think we've covered I think we've covered most of the ones that I that I really wanted to cover. So I mean there's mm-hmm. so many out there that are that are good and there's so many more honestly that are bad. But yeah, I think we covered the ones that I really wanted to touch base on. So we did good. Yeah, we could we could always revisit this topic Absolutely. in the future if we wanted. There's so many more we could talk about, but uh Yeah. For today, we will we will leave it at that. Thank you, yeah. everybody, for listening. Thanks, Matt, for joining me as always. Yeah. Um, I think the last couple of episodes I have not mentioned that you can send us an email at retroresPod at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.